You have found the Run Around Iowa, the podcast that's dedicated to news and interviews with the athletes, coaches, and personalities who are making headlines in college cross country, track and field, road running, trail running, and triathlon in the state of Iowa. And now from the home office in Clive, here is your host, Lance Bergeson. My guest today has won 39 national championships from everything ranging from cross country to track and field to the half marathon championships. He's been named the national cross country coach of the year an astounding 13 times. And it's not Dan Gable I'm talking to here. He is the one of the coach of the one of the prolific national programs in the country. Well, welcome to the program, Dee Brown of Iowa Central Community College. Hi, Dee. Hi, Lance. Thanks a lot for having me on. I appreciate the, the chance to come on and speak and, I don't know, share some insights, I hope. Well, it's, it's fun to uh, have um, coaches like you on um, that, that have had so much success here. Did you ever envision when you came um, to Fort Dodge back in 2004 to start the program that you would ever have this kind of success? Uh, no, I, I didn't believe, I didn't know that that was a possibility, but I'll tell you what, I'm a pretty motivated person and mm -hmm. I sincerely sat down with my staff at that time and which was myself and one other person and <laughs> said, we have a chance to start something completely brand new in the state of Iowa. You know, there's no junior college track and field in Nebraska and Minnesota and Wisconsin, you know, what can we do with this? Let's make this one of the best track and field programs, at least in the state, if, if that's even possible, you know, track and cross country programs to make this a place where we're not just a, a backup for a lot of kids, but we're a first choice. So, you know, we went in with that kind of mindset and tried not to let off the gas pedal since then. Yeah, well, you certainly haven't. You, you just finished up uh, winning back-to-back -back men's national cross-country championships. Um, had to feel satisfying for you to uh, knock off uh, your rival, suddenly your rival, Iowa Western. Uh, yeah. <laughs> coming on here. Yeah, no, there, it's, it, it, it's exciting. Um, it's funny because, you know, on paper we're rivals, but honestly, uh, Coach Beerbaum over at Iowa Western, uh, we're actually really good friends. I was in his wedding, so we, we get along uh, far too well to be rivals. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's fun. You know, the kids love it. And the great thing is, especially when you come to like a, a regional cross country or track and field meet, it, it helps both sides kind of elevate their game, you know, and that's what you want. That's what you want to see. You want to see the, the level of competition rise and, and you get the best out of everybody that's there. So it's, it's been a great rivalry and, and all the junior colleges in the state, like my hat's off to all of them. You know, they're Brent over at Indian Hills and Tyler at Hawkeye. Um, Curtis, who just retired from NIAC, like it, it's been a great run and, and we're having a lot of fun with all these schools here. So it's, I love seeing the junior college track and field and cross country programs grow like they have. Well, yeah, because because you were there uh, at one time back 17 years ago, you were right in their shoes. Yeah, exactly. You know, we, we actually, it was Curtis Weiss from NIAC and Emmett Statzer, who was at Iowa Western at the time. We sat down in, a, in the conference room at Iowa Central and kind of dreamed up, what do we want, you know, the state of Iowa, junior college, track and cross country to look like? You know, we sat there and wrote down a few rules and talked about, you know, kind of some gentleman agreements, I guess, as you would say, like how we wanted, you know, our athletes to be treated and, and worked with. And, and it's, it's really blossomed since then what's kind of been your guiding light of kind of kind of points that you've been kind of emphasized over over this uh, 17 sure. year period sure. what's kind of been your philosophies yeah a, a big part of it for me um myself coming out of uh dubuque senior high school with jim bouton my coach uh luther college having the the great kent fenonger and then jeff weddick uh and betsy emerson as track coaches uh, a lot of what they've done um fun make sure it's fun. Cause I, I wasn't a varsity athlete. I, I never had the opportunity to be a varsity athlete. I was a JV back of the pack guy. And so I always oh, wow. had encouraging me regardless of my performance, you know, and the bottom line is like, it doesn't matter who you are. If you're there to work hard, you have a passion, 
you're trying to get better than what you were last weekend. So that's the driving force for each of those athletes. Like we're just trying to get better. We all just want to PR. It doesn't matter if you're a four minute miler or an eight minute miler, you just want to shave some seconds off. Right. So let's go out there and do it. So a lot of what we do is about that. And and we try to work on as much team bonding uh, as we can, especially in the fall with cross country, just because it's a lot easier. Um, You know, we want those athletes to, come out of here with those experiences and those relationships. Those are two words um, and opportunities, I guess, would be the third one that we really throw around a lot because that's what we want to make sure uh, is important for those kids to, to get from our program and then to help them move on to whatever it is, you know, job, college, athletics, you know, whatever's bigger and better or their next step in their lives. Um, well, you had to, um, you had to have uh... Uh, well, Iowa Central, of course, had to take a little bit of a leap of faith uh, hiring you. You came from Springfield College at the time, right? In Springfield, Massachusetts. You'd spent yep. some time, like you said, at Luther, but um, uh, you were really uh, fairly uh, new to coaching at that point. Yeah, definitely. You know, I coached high school for a few years out at Springfield College. While I was doing my master's. I'd been an assistant at Luther for two years, two different times, but uh, I think what you know, I did, I sat down with the president and the athletic director once and I said, you know, why, why me? You know, cause I, I know there was two finalists. Why did you pick me? And I don't know who the other person was and what their accolades were, or, you know, stats. But uh, I think the thing that kind of drove them because of the reason of starting a track and field program um, was my ability to recruit at the time. You know, they, they saw what I could do, how I had helped Luther grow and, and recruit those athletes over there. And, you know, they wanted someone that can recruit because it's, you know, we're in a community college, we're in that environment, it's it's numbers driven, and, you know, that's a big part of what we do. So we've pretty consistently had one of the largest cross-country and track and field programs uh, in the nation for junior colleges. Most junior colleges do not have numbers like we do or, or Iowa Western does now. It's just it's not even not even close. Yeah, you got to have a good budget, and and your administration obviously supports you very well. Definitely. That, that's one thing that's really um, helped me stay grounded and, and keep me where I'm at, I guess. You know, I always thought five years I'd move on to something else in my life. At that point, you know, it was kind of a two year cycle. Every two years I was on to something new. So imagining that far down the road, uh, it wasn't possible. But the administration has been extremely supportive, you know, and helping us to do what we want to do. And, and I've really been thankful for that. But also just the fact that I, I've really grown to love the junior college system and while it's extremely challenging for many different reasons and you don't have seniors you don't have uh tradition doesn't come as easy when you're always trying to reteach it every year to a a group that's Mm -hmm. almost three quarters brand new um it's just the ability to help these kids you know i think you can make a a much bigger impact at this level you know, and I kind of asked that same question to our former athletic director, who is our retired basketball coach, Dennis Pilcher. He'd been in the game for over 30 years. It's like, why, why stay at a junior college that long? And, and he said the same thing. Well, I, I can make a bigger impact. I can help more kids this way. And he's exactly right. And, and that's what it's about. That's what, what I enjoy most is helping those kids find the next step or make the correct steps in their lives and, and move on to whatever is, you know, most exciting for them. Like you said, you, you've got to reteach the culture every year because some of the athletes you have only stay for one year. If, if, if they're really outstanding, um, they could leave. Oh, um, sure. Many scenarios. We have, we have yeah. a lot of kids, if they're from the area, they come into college with a, a year of credits. You know, they, they've got Iowa Central credit or they got DMAT credit. So they already come in, you know, as, as sophomores, essentially. So a lot of those kids come in for a year and they already have their AA degree and they move on. Or we have kids that athletically only need to be here for a year to, to move on. So yeah, there's all sorts of scenarios or maybe they started somewhere else and it didn't work out. So they're just looking for a second chance. So yeah, like I said, at least three quarters of our team is brand new every year. So it's, it's definitely a, one of our challenges. (laughs) So recruiting, uh, like you said, you've already touched on it is so critical. Um, and that's, um, that's a tough, that's a tough gig. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Fortunate, especially. Yeah, for real. Like it's, you know, it's so funny. Cause I don't know that 
other sports quite get it sometimes, you know, like they get to finish their football season and have an off season where, you know, they're literally recruiting or volleyball or whatever it is, you know, it's like cross country and track coaches. We don't have an off season, you know, we're, we're going the entire school year. Uh, we're going to state meets and all-star meets through June. You know, we, we have a pause to catch our breath in July, but then what our kids are moving in here August 1st, you know, we're starting all over. So it's, it's tough. Cause you got to be doing all these things simultaneously. You got to be missing practices, you know, once a week to get out to high school meets or, or making campus visits or home visits. So yeah, it's, you got to be committed to it. You know, you got to love it. You got to want to do it. And, you know, it's one thing to, um, to be able to mine, you know, Iowa, and, 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 and those runners, but you have got an incredible pipeline to the, to the Kenyans. You, you've, you've uh, attracted a lot, several over the years. Uh, they've really given you some big name recognition. How did that relationship start with those runners? Yeah, it's not as easy as it may sound. <laughs> it's, it's really not, because I'll be very honest with you. You know, I, I get probably 10 emails a day from from athletes from Africa, from Kenya. And uh, a majority of them are, you know, thank you, but no, thank you. Um, It's hard to, you know, most other countries you can get solid stats online from reliable websites. You know, when you're looking at uh, those Eastern African countries, it's, it's a challenge, you know? And so trying to find verifiable performances to know, who you're talking to is what you're getting is extremely tough, extremely tough. So trying to find either a coach that works over there with a club that you can trust, or for me, I have been fortunate obviously here with having a, an alum who uh, his whole family has come here, you know, so Stanley Cabene and then his yeah. brother, Franklin Sanui, and then their sister, Evelyn Cabene. And now their younger brother, Aspo Kiprob is, is with us. So, that's that's been obviously, you know, a huge advantage, a huge leg up to have that relationship. But, you know, we get calls and emails all the time and I'm trying to sift through and find out, you know, who, who really has the credentials, who has the ability to be successful athletically and academically is is challenging. It really is. So. Yeah. And they were instrumental um, with your championship uh, this fall. Definitely. I mean, 100 uh, you know, percent. Yeah. No, Calvin. Yeah, it's it's funny because when uh, the season started, Aspel hadn't been here yet. He tried to get in, and that's the other thing. Coming from a Eastern African country, like embassy appointments are a flip of the coin if these kids are going to get visas or not. Like it, yeah. it, it literally is fifty fifty. So you just don't know. So Aspel had tried to get here last January, uh, had been denied once or twice at least, and so that didn't work out tried again this fall uh his appointment kept getting pushed back so i honestly wasn't even expecting him so we we were we started the season without him and we were ready to win without him but once he arrived i was like wow that's wow (laughs) like (laughs) that's pretty unbelievable you know we we just got two kelvins like that's not fair (laughs) for real but uh um you know let's go with it and, and see what we can do but yeah those guys really uh, and it just helps because it also elevates the game of everybody else on the team, you know. And, and so that was super for Calvin to have Aspel there to train with. Uh, for our third runner, Xander, he had two guys he's chasing now. Um, if it's a speed workout, you know, our next guy down the line, Yared, you know, he's got someone to chase so it's or lead. So it, it's really been great for, for everybody. And it's just everything that you've set beforehand, you know, all the, right. all the tradition that, that you've got. But you still, to get a Kenyan kid to come to Fort Dodge, Iowa, cannot be the easiest sell for you. <laughs> Let's face it. Right. Don't tell them about winter. No. like, <laughs> And the ones that come for the first time when they arrive in January, like, is there anything worse? I, I don't know. Like, maybe yeah. Alaska, Minnesota, but come on. Like, yeah, that's that's tough. And so. But, you know, at that point, they're they're really just hoping to to get an opportunity and they're willing to do what it takes. And and like ninety nine percent of these kids that have come, whether they've the ones that have uh, shown up and were actually the talent they were supposed to be or not, like they're here to work. And that's the great part. They're great people, very humble, 
uh, in their butts in the classroom, you know, because there's sometimes, you know, their English, it's not going to be as great as as the students here, but definitely better than some other students that, you know, we've had from maybe other countries, but they're, they're working hard, you know, and they're working jobs at night, you know, they're, they're working uh, with our custodial staff from 8pm to 2am. How do you do that? Like, I don't think all, all athletes, you know, even realize, unless they're roommates with them, the sacrifices these kids are making, you know, so they're working every night, still getting a short amount of sleep, waking up the next day, not missing class, not going late to class like other kids might, you know, they're, they're there every day on time and helping to pay their student bill and get A's and B's. So it's, it's pretty tremendous what these kids do. So I'm extremely thankful for them and, and what they give and, and give up for us as well. Oh, so they're needing that. They're, there's no full yeah. ride for them here. You know, no, no, so, no. They're, they, yeah. they got, they got bills to pay. So, yeah, well, that's, that's, I, I always knew they had a great worth work ethic, but this yeah. is really eye opening for me yeah. and hopefully for the listeners here. I mean, that's Oh yeah. Really yeah. They, they get here, they wait about a month. They have to go down to the social security office and apply. And this year has been a rough one. Uh, I don't know. Most years, like the, you go down and apply and you can get that back right away. This year we had two or three kids that were delayed and delayed and delayed. And I don't know if that's because of COVID and workforce or whatever it is, but yeah, you know, some kids were just getting them two or three months later. So yeah, it's, it's a challenge, but I respect everything they do. Yeah. Wow. And you're, you're actually, uh, an instructor there. Uh, you do some commute computer science, uh, yeah. that sort of thing. So you're, yeah. you've got that on your part too as well. Yeah. Yeah. Computers have always paid the bills. That's what I went to school for thinking I'd just, you know, get a job and make a ton of money and, you know, be happy the rest of my life with more money than I could imagine. But it, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't what I thought it would be. I didn't like sitting behind a desk all day and staring out a window if I was lucky enough to see a window from my desk. So had to get out of that, but yeah, yeah, I still teach uh, two sections of intro to computers, both semesters, which is fun because, you know, sometimes I'll get some of my athletes, I'll get, you know, athletes from other teams and just meetings the general students. So I really enjoy that connection with the, the student body that way. Um, you know, sometimes uh, NJCAA gets a little bit of a bad rap, but those times that they that the top four men ran at nationals, those are very comparable to NCAA yeah. Division One. You this, must have a lot of coaches yeah. that are are. Our, uh, the, the phone must be getting a lot more busy, uh, in, in recent years here. You know, this, this year was an outstanding year for the men. Obviously the, the women's field was not as deep, but the men's field, I mean, the cross country, uh, times these kids were running all year were outstanding. Um, but yeah, that half marathon, those top four guys breaking the old national record. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a high quality field and I, <laughs> for lack of a better word there may be some carnage and during the indoor track season when we get there so it's it's going to be fun to watch for sure so yeah you're, you're going to see some some blistering times and that's really gonna you know and, and those coaches they know they're in tune you know pretty much any uh indoor national outdoor national meet there's a, a slew of nca coaches there watching and they're keeping tabs yeah. on them all season long so it, it, it's a lot of fun to build those relationships yeah, I'm sure some of the uh, uh, programs from the state are also very interested. Um, yes. Um, well, well, you've got one runner at uh, at Iowa State right now. She she contributed uh, quite a bit yes. to the national team. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Winrose. She's. Winrose. I, I love her. Sweet girl. Just so quiet, but yet always got that smile on her face. And yeah, she's such a hard worker, and she just she trusted the process from the beginning and believed in it, and, and it helped her get to where she wanted to be and i don't know did you see the news last night on on social media about kelvin no i have not oh no. he, he signed with iowa state yesterday so oh, did he? Okay. okay so yep because kelvin's graduating here at semester so he'll be joining iowa state here in january okay well that's good um i'll have to <laughs> i'll have to get on twitter to that's right yeah <laughs> I got a little buried in my in my podcast, my weekly podcast. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's um, all right. That's all right. You know how that goes. So, oh yeah, well, no, so, it's exciting. I'm excited to see these guys run this this fall or this uh, spring term, especially when they're so close to to home here to Fort Dodge. We get a chance to see them run a couple times. So. 
Yeah, for sure. What what was kind of the uh, uh, reason for going to Iowa State? What was kind of the defining point for him? You know, I'm not sure. He Calvin kept it really close to the vest. He had some really good options. Um, enjoyed all of his visits he took. Uh, I'm gonna if I had to speculate, I know he was close with the guys on the team there. Um, they have a few junior college transfers, so he knows them and is familiar with them. And, and I think the relationships there definitely helped out, you know, when, when you know your training partners, you know, and you know what they're capable of, that's the big deal. And I think, you know, that's something we try to sell here when we're recruiting athletes because any, any coach, and I kind of said this at the clinic this last weekend, um, 90% of these coaches, 95%, 99%, can write quality training programs, you know, it's, it's not about that. It's, it's the group they're running with. So you bring a kid in and he has, or she has the ability to train with the people on our team. That alone is priceless. That's going to make them so much better because they constantly have somebody to chase. They constantly being pushed, you know, no one's ever. And I've told people this, that have been, that I've recruited on campus. Like if you want to be the number one runner, this is not the place for you. Like you're probably looking to, to be a, a big fish in a small pond somewhere else. You know, you got to come here and, yeah. you know, kind of eat your pride and be humble and be ready. Cause on any given workout, there's someone else that's, that's going to be ahead of you and you're going to be chasing them and that's how it's going to go. And, and that's what, that's, what's going to make you faster. That's what's going to help you PR next weekend. So. And, and, uh, for, for Calvin, uh, everybody seems to know everybody in Kenya. So he, he probably right. knows Wesley, Wesley Kipto and, and oh, yes. the other, you know, yes. Ezekiel yeah. Rapp, yeah. Uh, all those yep. guys. So yep. exactly. Like said, that, so that, that certainly makes a big difference. You and he probably done... loves the Iowa weather, honestly, Lance. I mean, how can you beat that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Especially today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yesterday. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to, to to my run later this morning. Yeah, I really, am. yeah, shaking my head here. So, well, you've had a nice pipeline to uh, West Texas A and M, right? How about they've, that? They've <laughs> oh. they've benefited between between Florence and her yeah. and her brother. It's just been tremendous. Yep. Oh uh, man, and start. Uh, you know, we, we've actually had quite a few before them. So we had a hurdler um, from Papua New Guinea, Sharon. She had gone down there and had a great experience. Then there was kind of a lull. But then uh, Blake Whalen and Tyson Whelan both went down there. And yep. and Blake was uh, – he had already graduated. But he's, when Ezekiel – it was his turn to graduate. Uh, he's like, Coach, you need to get Ezekiel down there. He needs to go visit. He needs – so he helped, you know, get Ezekiel in touch with the coach and – he went down there and visited and liked it. So then Ezekiel goes down there. Uh, and, and then when it's uh, Florence's turn, so, you know, Florence and Eleonora both go down there. And then Innocent, uh, Florence's brother, shows up uh, a year later. And, and Noah Bundrock's down there. So, yeah, it was that's pretty amazing. Like, it's funny because it, it happens not in those kind of numbers, but it happens more often than you think. And, and we tell our athletes this, too. Uh, a lot of times these kids come into Iowa Central not knowing anybody on the team. But then they end up leaving in, in pairs. There's so many instances where roommates and teammates have graduated and moved on together, you know, because they found that that friend or that training partner and, and they both go. So it's it's kind of crazy how often that really does happen. So, mm, yeah, uh, that, that's probably the, the one program where I keep seeing your uh, as far as the distance runners are. Sure. Are, sure. Are, are where you're always showing up at. Yep, definitely the largest group there. <laughs> we've had over the years, we've had probably seven or eight uh, distance runners at Arkansas. That's probably the next yep. biggest place where people have gone. But yeah, like all in one kind of large lump sum there. West Texas definitely uh, has benefited and had a great year. So yeah, that's where Stanley went. Uh, Cabernet. Yep. And is he is he kind of the? Uh, I don't want to put you on the spot here, but is he kind of the greatest uh, ex Triton of all time? Are we? Are we? Probably for for the males. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's definitely achieved quite a bit. He's in our our Iowa Central Hall of Fame. He's in the uh, Hall of Fame here, so he's definitely contributed and and still helps out wherever he can. You know, he's always 
keeping his eyes and ears open, you know, close to the ground in Kenya, if he can, to say, hey, coach, you might want to check with this person or check with that person. And, and that's been great. So definitely. You've got a, you've had a few Olympians that have competed between all the disciplines. Um, you want to talk about uh, some of those who have made the Olympics? Well, now you're going to put me on the spot because my, my age <laughs> and my memory yeah. are going in yeah. different directions. But, uh, you know, we've been obviously and most recently have an Cohen from Israel, you know, just a, a great girl. And, you know, she's she's tremendous athlete in person. Um, Rayer Thomas from Trinidad and Tobago was a, a sprinter, uh, ran the four by one for them. Um, yeah, we've we've definitely had a handful of athletes like every year. It's just, the pool seems to get a little bit bigger and better and more exciting uh, and so much fun to watch them, you know. And again, whether it's the Olympics um, or them announcing, you know, they're getting married or, hey, coach, we're, we're having a kid. Like, it's so fun to keep up with these kids and, and to hear their news and to see them grow in, in life and, and what they're doing. Like, I just I love I love hearing about that. I love hearing their success stories and, and whatever it is they choose to do. So, or, hey, coach, I need a recommendation letter for this job. Heck, yeah. Let me get yeah. to that. Let me put that. Let me put that on my to-do list and get to that as quick as I can. So, you know, I just, I love this stuff. Your inbox is always full. Um, oh, no a doubt. Like, <laughs> a guy like Dina Simbasa, it was fun to oh, see him yeah. this year. Oh, I mean, they had yeah. him on my podcast about a month ago. It was it was fantastic to shoot. He is a great guy. He yep. Succeed. Um, he's kind of been kind of in the lower, you know, tier of the pros. And then sure. just to make that huge jump, it was just great. Definitely. And just another one of those very quiet, humble, unassuming guys, you know, did, did yeah. some high school time in Minnesota and then down to Sioux City. Like, God, I, I loved it. Like, he was, he was a challenge when he was here only because he, his transition to collegiate training and racing wasn't as smooth as it is for some people and, and injuries were kind of plaguing him. And we just, I remember we had to keep him at 40 miles a week for the, mm. for the fall. And so that meant like two days off or two days on the bike and the other days were training and he just couldn't get over that. So it took him like a whole semester before things really clicked for him. But uh, wow, he is the epitome of hard work to see where he's come from and where he's gone since then. And, and he's and he's been in it for a while now. I mean, that's that's longevity in, in distance running world. Yeah. He's been doing it for quite a while, so I'm really impressed with him. Yeah, and he's you know, like you said, he's low key. He's you know sharing a house <laughs> with a, an Olympian. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, yep. You know, it's um, he's he's just th- thankful for the opportunity. He yes, like, he definitely is. Oh, and uh, to, to win that USA TF uh, Rhodes title is yep tremendous honor when you look at all the other oh, yeah. people that have won that uh right he joins a great list yep um and like you said uh adva is doing well at new mexico yes hard to get probably a recruit from jerusalem i imagine um, sure but it's we- got to be tough for her going through everything that her homeland is going oh through. yeah something yeah you talked about with her well, it, it's we had had one athlete from Israel right before her, um, and that kind of helped. She didn't she didn't know him, but she was able to talk to him during the recruiting process, and and like, well, I guess I guess this can be an option, you know, kind of thing. But yeah, it, it was fun because she's this, she's one of those athletes that would come into my office often, um, multiple times a week, whether it's just to talk about training or vent about this or that or whatever it is. And, you know, if she ever wanted to talk about home stuff, we talked about that, but yeah, it, it was fun. Cause you know, every athlete wants a different relationship with their coach and, and, and that's their decision. And, and I respect that because some kids are, you know, just there to, to get the school done and get the business done and, and running's just that kind of extra carrot that's on top of the, you know, the thing when they're at the end of the day. And so they just kind of trust the process and go with the flow. And I don't see much of them unless I kind of corner them to say, Hey, let's sit down and talk. But, you know, Abba was definitely one that liked to come in and talk. And, and yeah, we had a lot of great conversations. And even since then, we'll, we'll still chat on, on WhatsApp or whatever, and, you know, stay in touch. And I got to see her run her and a wet, who is also at New Mexico. We watched them run at NCA regionals last year. So that was a lot of fun. They're down in Texas. 
you become like a second dad to, to a lot of yeah. these kids, especially the ones that are from yeah from out, from out of the country, don't you? I, I offer that option to them. I've said if you need a a stepdad, a step uncle, uh, whatever it is, big brother, like that. That's the hat, you know. Aside from coach and teacher and psychologist and nutritionist and whatever the heck else it happens to be chauffeur, you know, but yeah, definitely that that's a, a big role and a, a role I take very seriously because, you know, when, when they don't, and even if you're, you're from across, you know, the United States, you know, you, you don't have the opportunity to go home on weekends or, you know, stay in as close touch with your family as other kids who can just drive home for a night, you know, or, or just cut out on a Thursday to go watch their district cross country meet. You know, the, a lot of kids don't have those options. So we definitely got to be there for them. And, and that, I think that's the benefit of creating that, that familial culture on our family where it gives these people an opportunity to go home with roommates on holidays, you know, if they're short holidays or long weekends, you know, they can uh, go hang out at, at someone else's house and they don't get, they're not stuck in the dorms feeling homesick or, you know, eating by themselves over the weekend because everyone else is gone. And, and that's been great. Cause even I saw over Thanksgiving, you know, a couple of our guys uh, had gone home with one of our athletes in Nebraska and they're out like, I don't know what they were doing. If they were farming, they were weed whacking, they were hunting, like all these experiences they never would have had somewhere else. I'm like, really? You, you trust him to, to do that at your house? But yeah, no, it's, it's so fun to see that. So they, they build some great bonds. Yeah. Friendships have got to be that way. And um, I know, um, uh, well, I, I, I just got ta- uh, done talking two days ago uh, to one of your former runners, Maddie Bach and her, oh, and her, yes. and her, brother, and her, and her brother, Miles. Yeah. They'll be the next podcast actually. Awesome. Um, she uh, said she went through some difficult times while she was at uh, Iowa yep. Central with, with the eating disorder. She said mm-hmm. she was battling my, myself the whole time and, yeah. and, and a self-harm problem. Yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, those kind of uh, sure. things that yeah. you see uh, yeah. from I'm, that. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm very uh, fond of Maddie. Like I, I love Maddie like a daughter. And <laughs> so I, I get yeah. a, choked up a little bit sometimes talking about her and I, and I love when I get the chance to run into her and, and, and visit with her. And I've, you know, had those chances at random cross country and track meets. But what I love most is how she is, so open and honest about it and and that's and she knows that that's going to help so many people hearing her story and hearing her talk about it because that's tough you know kids want to they don't want to share that you know it's it's like a deep dark secret and they don't want to get the help that they need or or the stigma of of what what goes along with with any of those issues and and so a lot of that i think is and other issues are more prevalent now coming out of COVID. Like, you know, we're all messed up. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're all messed up. We all have baggage. We all have issues. And I, I think once we all realize that it's okay, because you're not alone, you're not the only one. Um, you know, we have a school counselor on campus. And so we're constantly, you know, encouraging students to, to share uh, with our counselor or, or just go speak to them. See see if that can be an outlet. See if you make a connection with our counselor. Maybe that's someone that can can help you. Otherwise, let's go off campus and find somebody else. But, you know, these things come up and, and it's okay. Let, let's work through it. You know, we're, we're not going to solve anything by not talking about it. And, and we may not solve anything by talking about it, but you're going to feel better once you share this and, and get it out. And it doesn't have to be public information but you know it can be a a close-knit circle of of people you trust and and so yeah it's 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 a challenging it's a challenging time we're all in right now you know because we're all seeing an influx in in different different things going on and being able to adapt and and assist with with those kids that need that so well uh, eating disorders have have been a problem with women for for quite a long time is that something that that you've kind of uh, seen within your program dealt with Uh, i've yeah in in my time here at iowa central i probably had uh, a handful of extremely significant issues that have required a a small team of trusted family and and friends to to help I don't want to say head off because that's not always what's going to happen, but just to, to be there 
to try to help those, those athletes when it, when possible. Um, but again, a lot of time that stuff, I'm not gonna say goes unnoticed, just doesn't get talked about, you know, and, and I can't be at every meal and I don't eat in the cafeteria every day. And, you know, the students and the athletes, they know more about what's going on in in situations like that than I do. And, And sometimes they'll let me know, but I'm sure there's many times that I've had no idea. I mean, how would I, but, um, definitely, you know, something we, we try to talk about or, or make them feel comfortable that, that we can work through this if, if you let us help you, but everyone wants something different. And so it's, it's a challenge. It really is. It's not, it's not a taboo subject because I don't want people to think that because it's definitely something we need to talk about and, and address. But um, like even right now, when I've reached out to a few different specialist or nutritionist to try to get someone to come on campus just to to speak to all of our female athletes just to give them more information about healthy eating and, and healthy choices um and hopefully sure. make this an athletic wide annual tradition perhaps who knows but yeah oftentimes in our fall preseason, I'll, I'll try to have one of our uh nutrition or biology teachers on campus maybe speak to our group you know like do a a, a 30 minute powerpoint about you know, healthy eating. Um, but it, it, it's so hard because even in times like that, you know, the ones that want to hear it will listen and the rest will zone it out. It's just like any other class, you know, I, I teach, I know what it's like. So, uh, it's, it's, I struggle in finding great ways to reach the people that need to be reached. And sometimes the people that need to be reached don't know they need to be reached. And that's the hard part too. So, yeah. Well, it sounds like Maddie's again, Got a great support system at that uh, yes. Carney. Um, she said she's been a year without an episode, so um, awesome. so I think she's she's uh, getting all the all the help she needs. Um, it's um, fantastic, from both her teammates and coaches. So it sounds like it's it's going great for her. She did say that she she transferred for all the wrong reasons uh, to go to Indian Hill. She said it was yeah. a mistake, and and she she regrets it. You know, it, it happens, you know, it's, it's not just Maddie, a lot of people, you know, everyone always, we, we all, we all think the grass is going to be greener somewhere else, you know, and it's so easy to say, well, I'm just going to go do this. And, and I try to tell it, let our coaches know, like, Hey, some kids will be able to help, you know, some kids don't want our help. Um, Some kids won't understand we were trying to help them until years down the road. And you just got to be patient and accept that. And it's frustrating sometimes because, you know, like you've seen this happen before. You've seen this exact scenario and you're trying to give the the best advice that you can. But if they don't want to hear it, you're just wasting your breath. And, and yeah, like, like I yeah. said, it, it could be a semester later. It could be a week later. But, you know, I've had kids come back to me five years later. You know, I had a kid I had to kick off the team one year and he was one of our top runners. And it was hard to do because I, I – had a, a really good connection with him as well, but he was making poor choices that didn't just affect him. They affected the entire team. And so we had to, we had to part ways because it was not a benefit for anybody at that point in time. And he, uh, he came back about five years later, turned in all of his equipment, <laughs> which kind of oh blew my, my mind. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Right. Comes into my office with this bag with all of his equipment and coach. I just want to say thank you for kicking me off the team. Uh, my jaw kind of dropped. I was like, what, what you, you got it. Thank you. <laughs> like, yeah. Thank you for coming back. Good seeing you. <laughs> how are you? How are you doing? How have you been? So sometimes it takes kids a little longer to it figure does. it out. Yep. As long uh, as they do, that makes me happy. <laughs> we're still in this pandemic, but um, how difficult was it uh, not to be able to compete for these kids? Um, uh, had to be a difficult period uh, within the program as well yeah. as every program nationally. Yeah, it, it was, it was like when it first happened and sending everybody home, wow, that was just like, that was a gut punch right there. Like, wow, we're, we're really doing this. Like what is going on? Like we're, we're, we brought our international kids in from all of our sports to see who could, who even had an opportunity to go home, you know, cause a lot of, embassy or a lot of countries were closed you know some kids had no options so like what what can we do to help you because you know we're looking to close campus down and only keep essential people here and that that was rough you know but we were we were fortunate by the next fall 
you know, and NJCA cross country. We were the only sport going in the fall. Uh, it was tough. You know, we had so many restrictions and limitations and, and I kind of, we had our team banquet last night and even told the sophomores, like, thanks for trusting me to come back because after, after that experience last year, I know it wasn't great. You know, it was okay, but there's a lot of things you didn't like about it, but at least we had a season, but thanks for coming back to see what a real season can be like. Cause it was challenging. You know, we had a, you know, warm up 10 feet apart in, you know, with their roommates, you know, their roommates were their, their pods they were in and each group had to go a different route to go run and come back onto their, their lines. You know, like we're on the practice football field spread out. It was just so many ridiculous things that, you know, like you just never, never would have thought about. But uh, again, we were fortunate. We had a season, we had a fall season. Uh, We got to run. Obviously it went well for us in the end for the men, the women was, you know, worst case scenario, you rank number one in the nation and all of a sudden uh, you're all in isolation the the week of nationals, but you know, it was, didn't get it. We were thankful for what we had. Yeah, it was, um, well, it was uh, kind of that women's team's kind of like that uh, three-year band that you had. I kind of wanted to yeah. ask you about that. Yeah, uh, yeah how that all came about and yeah um, ridiculous um if i can even remember like all three of those those times we had for the men were were like petty little issues too like things that didn't matter but uh with the njca uh, it was kind of a kind of didn't it didn't matter like if if anything happens this is the punishment didn't matter if it was big or small because i know uh the first year it was a rule that was not clear in the rule book. And so I was, it was basically about calculating GPAs. And so I calculated it based on, on what they did for our eligibility. And they said, no, this is wrong. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. Give me a chance but, to correct this. but what made me upset was the following year, they clarified the rule. So now you just admitted that you were wrong and you punished us for that. Like, that kind of blew my mind, but yeah. Uh, the second time it was uh, a simple mistake uh, of someone in our department didn't hit submit on a, on an eligible. We added a kid to the roster. Um, he was like the 35th kid on the team. Uh, he ran in our regional championship. It was the only meet he ran in all year because he just wanted to run a race. Uh, if it hadn't been the regional meet, it went to, it went to, been a factor but because it was a, a regional championship and he ran at it um and he didn't get submitted that that caused us to be ineligible um for the following year yeah that was that one, silly that one, well, yeah yep and then the third time was uh we had a, a student who was ineligible and we knew that so he was kind of our student manager he would help us out and i remember we went down to oklahoma state that year to run and uh He's like, coach, can I run? I said, well, I, I, I can't enter you. I can't pay for it. Like that would be against the rules. He's like, well, I'll do it. I'm like, okay, fine. So he paid for himself to go run the race. Well, I transported him there. That was the problem. I took him there. He spent the night in the hotel with us. So therefore I'm paying expenses for an ineligible athlete. So ineligible athlete. that was number three. So all silly little things that, you just, you never know. Like you, and we tell our other coaches this, we tell our athletes at all the meets, like here are the rules. Here's what we got to do. And, and yes, this might be extreme, but this is what we're going to do because of who we are and where we are. People are looking at us all the time. Um, you can call it paranoia, but when, when you're on top or near the top, like that, that's who people want to take down. And I get it. I understand. I'm not upset about that. I'm not mad about that. Like, you know, some, some coaches play the game differently and they'll do what they can to, you know, to, to climb the, the mountain. And so we're just going to make sure not only do we do everything right, but we, we do it to the letter and take it a little farther if we have to. So whether it's earbuds on a track or, you know, uniforms matching, you know, we're going to take it to extreme and make sure like there's nothing you can ding us for. <laughs> yeah. You know. you've, 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 you've learned that lesson the hard way. Unfortunately. Yeah. Too many times. Um, yeah. Yeah. For and sure. What's unfortunate is it hurts the kids, you know, like it's, yeah, that's the it's ones, ridiculous. The ones yeah. Get punched the yeah. most. 
Yep. Stanley won. would have had one more national title and the, yes. the men's team would have had at least one more national title out of that. But you know, it, that's what happens. So. Um, I got to ask you about um, Denny Myers's impact on the program yes. and his death. Um, yeah. Just really shocking to the whole yeah. community. Um, he, he was doing tremendous things and, um, and of course, really a tough nosed coach, uh, you know, hard nosed yep. coach. Um, yeah. You know, uh, got the best out of those kids. He did. He did. Uh, love him like a brother. Yeah. Sometimes he was a dad, uh, an uncle. Like he, he was whatever I needed him to be. And it was great because if I thought I had a great idea, I'd take it in there just to make sure. Like, hey, what do you yeah. think about this? You know, and he'd tell me if it was, if it had any feet to it or not, you know? And, and it was great because he, he really kept, me grounded and kept me going if, if I needed a pickup or whatever it was, but you're right. He, he, you know, he had tough love, but everyone respected that. Everyone loved that. Um, you know, he such a, a great coach, a great person, uh, willing to do whatever he could for his athletes. Like this was his life. He loved junior college athletics and he loved doing what he did every day coming to work no matter what, like he did not miss, like he had to be laid up, you know, in a hospital bed if, if he weren't going to be in the office getting work done. So, um, huge, huge impact. And I, I still, I think about him daily. I have pictures of him in my office and, you know, I talk to him when I need to talk to him or yell at him if I need to yell at him, but, uh, he'll yell back, but it's fine. Like that's what I need sometimes. So, (laughs) but yeah, such a, such a great person and definitely uh, a lasting impact on me undoubtedly. And, and my philosophy and how I may handle certain situations, but a a huge impact on the Iowa central program. Like that was probably the, like, honestly, when, when he came to Iowa central, it was, I'll call it sheer luck, but maybe it was destiny. I, I remember we were looking for a coach and we were at the national meet um, in who knows where, but uh, we're, we're watching an event. We're on the fence outside the track. And I, I sidle up next to him and I say, Hey, what would it take for you to uh, come, come be the coach at Iowa central? And, and I was like half joking. Cause I'm thinking in the back of my mind, like there's a 1% chance this will work, but wouldn't that be amazing? You know, <laughs> he turns to me and he looks at me. He's like, can I bring my assistant? And I was like dumbstruck. I'm like, are you kidding me? Is that like almost a yes? I'm like, let me call. <laughs> let me make some calls and I'll get back to you as quickly as possible. Like, this is amazing. Uh, and that's how it happened. So uh, Coach Myers and Coach Anthony Aquin uh, came on board and, and it was just a, that was exactly what we needed. Because I had already told our administration at that point, I kind of went into our vice president with a, I'll call it my three-pronged approach at that time with what we need to be where I want our programs to be. Cause I wanted our programs to, to get to that top tier, you know, where they always have a chance to be on the podium type deal. Um, and this was a part of it is like, we need to split cross country and track into two separate programs. As much as I don't want that, as much as that hurts me to give anything up, we need to split these programs up, have another head coach on staff to give these kids the, the attention that they need because these track athletes are not getting enough attention in the fall from me and they need someone that can be there for them. And we just need more coaches because we have such a huge team. We need more coaches on staff and, and it worked and it was the, the greatest one minute of Iowa central track and field history right there, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) It had such a lasting impact. Yeah. Right. That was it. Defining moment. (laughs) Because he was a he was a very successful coach at the time. Oh like my gosh, he already he'd already won more national titles than than I have fingers and toes. So yeah, no, he had already done so so much with with Lansing and Vincennes, and then starting up a program at Ren Lake College. Like yeah, he, Lake, he he knew how to do it. So yeah, so that was shooting for the moon, and it worked. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, it's been three and a half years since since his since wow. his death. It's just it's just time flies. Yeah, uh, just very sad. Uh, now yep. you changed uh, kind of positions. You were kind of leading the the track and field programs in addition to being the the director of everything. But you switched over to cross country, and Nick Eckel took over track. Uh, what was kind of the philosophy there? Change. 
Oh man. Yeah. You know, country. Uh, <laughs> well, we, what we had was working. I, I think having kind of a, almost call it like a three headed dragon approach, you know, having a director and, and, and two head coaches. Um, it was good to have people to bounce ideas off of. Um, I, you know, I've always told assistants, like, I don't want people that are going to agree with me. I need people to disagree with me and tell me when my ideas are terrible. Like, like I can't, someone's got to do that. You know, my wife will do it, but she doesn't work for me. Like that won't, that'll, that'll never work. So I need someone else that can tell me when, when things are maybe not as good as they could be. Cause you know, we want the best. We need as much input as possible. And so once uh, coach Burkholder uh, decided to step down and leave, you know, we, we had this opening in track and just thought, you know, if, because my, my passion's always been distance running. And, and even while Nick was head coaching cross country, you know, I, I was still doing a lot of the training for those distance kids. That's just my strength, you know? And the biggest thing with our staff is what are we good at? That's what we're going to do. And so if we have to change titles to, to get people there, like that's what we'll do. You know, so Nick took on recruiting coordinator because that's his strength. That's what he's good at. And so can he kind of, move from doing because he was doing a lot of our operational stuff kind of more of a director of ops for cross country like can you move and do that for track because that's a huge need now and of course because he you know knocked it out of the park in the fall like of course he can do that in the spring so just moving guys around to where we can get the most out of them to, to make us better so you know titles might not always line up with what exactly we're doing but we're getting the best out of everybody and and I think Nick, you know, he's had enough head coaching experience being the head track and field coach wasn't a leap at all. So, you know, he's, he's still got his job. So, so far, so good, right? You've done it before. Yeah, for sure. I only say um, that in case he ever hears this. <laughs> There's always room for improvement, but keep it up. <laughs> and you've got to be very motivated because Iowa Western uh, nipped one of those titles off you last year. So you're uh, for track and field. So. You really got to bring that up. Well, <laughs> that's sure motivating. A hundred percent. Is that on your billboard out there? Is that, you know, your... that was so like, first of all, okay, I, I don't know which emotion came first, like angry, excited. Like I, I was thrilled. I was thrilled for Iowa Western to win. Like everyone deserves to win when you work hard they worked hard they deserve that they were the best team out there like they, they were amazing and i loved it and the fact that they're from iowa even better loved it am i mad that our our rival or frustrated that our rival out outdid us yeah but guess what that's gonna make us work harder it's gonna make us recruit harder it's gonna make us coach better you know, it's going to drive us. We're going to remember that. And it's going to help our athletes work harder and, and, and be better, you know? So maybe that was, that's what we needed. You know, we all need that at some point. We all need to get knocked down and reminded of where you're at. Cause you know, staying at the top, that's, whew, that's it's, hard. it's a lot of work. Yeah. It's exhausting. Cause you got to be on, on your toes 24 seven. So you know, kudos to Iowa Western for going out there and getting the job done and, and looking great doing it. But yeah, we're we're coming for you guys. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> and for men's outdoor track, it's you've had kind of a dry spell here, uh, so I'm sure that's a motivator. You've yeah, been, that's you know, south, right? Outdoor track it, in and of itself is is challenging, and and we're still trying to find the recipe. It, it's like the indoor season, you know, we're working so hard all fall. We work so hard throughout the indoor season. And then March comes, the weather warms up. Finals are on the horizon going home. You know, the kids get antsy. And so it, it always like, there's so many more variables with outdoor you have to compete against, you know, cause it's so e much easier for those students to lose focus. Um, you know, we'll, we'll lose athletes. We'll lose quality athletes from indoor to outdoor that are just like, ah, I'm, I'm done. You know, I'm not going to continue to compete after here. I just want to be done or I need to focus on this or focus on that or whatever it is. Like you just, you never know. Like there, there's always just these crazy things that come up, but you know, sitting in that auditorium for that first meeting, August 1st or September 1st or October 1st, whenever our first meeting is like, 
you're not going to have probably 20 of these kids by, by January for who knows what reason. And then that group you have there in January by indoor nationals, you're going to lose another dozen kids for whatever reason. And, and oh, some of those kids are going to, you know, they're going to be important kids to, to uh, a successful title run, but that's how it goes. And so, you know, just trying to keep them engaged and locked in and excited as, as we are, you know, it, it's tough, but you know, we'll keep trying. So. And you've got the same problem that Iowa state has. You're, you're recruiting against the Southern schools. Uh, yeah. They, it's easier to get sprinters to stay down there in the, Heck yeah. in, in the Southern states. So no doubt, no doubt. And that's, and that's who you see. That's where you see those titles going to a lot of those schools that are, you know, in those climates, you know, they're able to keep those athletes and get those athletes there to begin with. So, well, you've got uh, young kids. Um, uh, I, I assume that every time you have away from the program is very valuable with, you know, with them, uh, being dad. Uh, sure. It's, uh, it's got, that's, a, you, yeah. I noticed that's my favorite title trip with them too. When, when you got the chance. Oh yeah. No, dad is my favorite title. Um, you know, I have an older daughter who's a, a junior in college right now at Purdue. And then I have my two younger children. Um, when I get a chance to spend time with them. And I think, you know, as, as, crappy as COVID was that it was also a blessing to, to get more quality time, you know, with my family and, and build better relationships with both of my children that are at home yet. And, and I've really enjoyed that, you know, and, and I, sometimes I feel like, you know, the typical soccer mom, you know, cause I'm going to swim lessons and even this fall I'm, I'm coaching U10 soccer and I'm coaching little kid cross country and coaching little kid track in the spring, but you know, it's fun to spend this time with my children to get to know their friends and their classmates, you know, and, you know, we go to a, go to a movie in little old Webster city. And, you know, all of a sudden I know like half the kids that are in the movie theater, kind of weird, but yeah, <laughs> but fun, you know, I'm that kind of person where I, I don't mind that. And I'm going to embarrass all of my kids until I can't talk. So, and my oldest knows that I don't care how old you are. I'm going to embarrass you and I'm going to. I'm going to know your friends and I'm going to talk to your friends and I'm going to enjoy myself. So yeah, no, I, I love, I love it. I, I really enjoy spending time with them. So I saw you went to the Webster theater. Um, let me guess. Uh, <laughs> Ghostbusters went to Ghostbusters. No, no, we had a, oh. we had a special showing of gremlins last weekend. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. They were bringing back some oldies. Some of the in town, uh, companies were sponsoring a movie so it was a free movie day so my son was able to take one of his buddies and we got to see gremlins on the big screen like it should have been you know so that that was a good time but yeah no it, it's fun and we're actually we're going to the, the coaching convention down in orlando here coming up next weekend and my son actually has a a race um the junior olympic nationals down in paris kentucky so he's gonna get oh, to participate and yeah you know just something for fun like you know we don't put any pressure on it and we don't worry about times and stuff but just you know working hard when we can and we can fit in our schedule and let's go down and have some fun and enjoy the experience so yeah it'll it'll be a good time so great way to spend december huh that's yeah, uh, right <laughs> florida can't beat that right yeah yeah <laughs> so uh and i noticed um when you're out in Virginia for nationals, you guys did some uh, sightseeing around Washington, D.C. Um, yeah. So you're being kind of, kind of the dad there, showing them a lot of culture that they might not ever see. That's that's really yeah. nice that you were able Thanks to for bringing that up because that, that's something else that's really important to me. So whenever we do go to a national meet, we really try our hardest to, you know, if we have some downtime before or after to, to add some type of cultural component to that because I think it's important you know you're with a group of college kids like we don't need to sit in our on our behinds or you know sleep all day in a hotel let's let's learn something so yeah spending some time at the in Washington DC you know we've done so many different things over the years I know we went to Gulf Shores Alabama a few years back for uh, the half marathon and so we we hit the St. Louis Arch on the way down and then we went to the um boy I don't remember what city we're in now but uh uh air and space museum down in Alabama like that's what it's yeah. all about like seeing these different places you know I remember one year we stopped at worlds of fun on the way to Texas and <laughs> some of the Kenyan kids ahead of the time are like 
had never seen a roller coaster in their life and and now they got to go on one like wow you know so we've been to some pretty cool places you know we've been to some caves we went you know just uh by area 51 uh like just so many different places like you would never expect we kind of looked to see what's in route and you know what can we learn about you know dodge city kansas and saw some old west stuff there and yeah fun times fun times yeah, I mean that's something that they'll always remember. So exactly, those are great memories that uh, that Coach always gave us. So, yep. Well, D, it has been uh, just fantastic to talk to you. It's been a fast hour gone by. Yeah. Um, wish you the best of luck for um, uh, the in, uh, indoor season coming up. Yes, sir. And, um, hope you have a great holidays. Thanks, Lance. You too, and enjoy your run today. <laughs> I won't, but that's okay. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Yep. yep, thanks for having me.